You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall podcast, broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The building is over 336,000 square feet and is full of over 600 classics for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Check out all the inventory on the website, ClassicAutoMall.com. If you have any questions for our host or guest, email us at podcast at ClassicAutoMall.com during the live broadcast times of 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturdays. Now, on to the show with our host, the president of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. Thank you so much, Steve, and good morning to all on our second show here from the Classic Auto Mall Studio, the 336,000-square-foot building, which we tell people, and they look at us like, what in the heck? How big is that? Uh, Just for reference point, I think it's eight acres under roof or some amount of football fields. I'll have to do the research on that and say, but what is Classic Auto Mall? We talked about this a little bit last week on show number one. This is show number two. Classic Auto Mall is kind of part museum, part showroom. We have about 650 cars uh, available for sale, and we have about 400 cars uh, of a barn find collection of my partners that are on display only. At some point in time, we might sell a few of those, but for now, they're on display. So close to 1,000 cars in this building, which is probably i don't know that there's anything that's any bigger than than what we have here uh i think that there are um uh, some other showrooms that are you know quite large hundred thousand hundred and fifty thousand square feet but none that i know of that are as big as ours and uh we started in january of 2018 and got really really lucky in in getting invited to the philly auto show which we talked about last week as well and it's just grown exponentially since we started i mean We've now got a staff of 22 people here um, uh, who do everything from car specialists who who help you purchase a car or help you consign a car. Uh, We have a spec rider who does nothing but just spec out the numbers on cars, whether it's engine numbers or transmission numbers or things like that. We have a photographer. Uh, We have a content editor who writes all the descriptions that you see on our website of uh, all the cars that we have available. And by the way, again, our website is classicautomall.com. And uh, you can go there and see our entire inventory, and it's updated daily. So uh, every day you'll you'll see the new uh, uh, inventory that's come in. And then, you know, in addition to all those things, we have a transportation manager who handles transportation of the car to uh, uh, get it to uh, wherever home may be for you. So we ship cars all over the world. I mean, it's it's an amazing thing this internet has done is that it's allowed us to sell cars to a customer in California. Just as easily as to sell it to somebody here locally. Um, uh, it's a different market in a different world. And, of course, unfortunately comes with that is that we um, – titles are an issue. You know, it used to be when you sold a car, you sold it in your – you know, in within your county. And, uh, and nowadays – that doesn't happen nowadays you sell them to florida and texas and germany and chile and all these different places all over the world and guess what each state or country has different rules and regulations on titling vehicles some states uh, in the u.s don't have titles so new york for example anything older than 25 years old doesn't have a title so it makes it a little bit cumbersome to to 
to sell cars uh, across state lines and across uh, the ponds and oceans and all that stuff. But that's where Classic Auto Mall comes in to help. So, you know, if you're if you're selling your car, anybody can sell their own car. Let's let's face it. That's that's a no-brainer. You can sell your car. You can put an ad out on Craigslist or Facebook or wherever it is or Hemmings or any of those sites and you can field all the phone calls and you can make the arrangements for people to come look at your car and you can, you know, do all those things yourself or you can have someone like us do it. Uh, and what is the advantages of using a classic auto mall or a consignment house to to sell your car? Well, first and foremost, you're out to dinner on Saturday night and you get a phone call and somebody wants to come look at your car. Well, all right. So, well, we're going to cut dinner short and we're going to go home and show this guy the car. Then he wants to give you, uh, you know, a whole lesson on why your car is wrong and bad and why you're overpriced and all those things. And you're starting to get a little frustrated, but you're okay. You're trying to sell the car. Then he decides to tell you that he's going to offer you half of what you originally wanted and you negotiate with him and maybe you come to terms and maybe you don't. So then once you say you come to terms, now how's he going to pay you? Oh, well, he's got a cashier's check to give you uh, that you can take to your bank Monday morning, and he wants to take the car today. Well, it's Saturday night. The bank's not open. You can't verify it. And so all of a sudden now you've got a dilemma. Do I allow this guy to take the car in hopes it's Monday morning that it's all legitimate? He seems like a legit guy. He seems like he you know, is, is honest. So what do we do? Are we going to give him the car or are we going to tell him no? Because he's saying if he can't take the car, then he doesn't want to buy it. He'll go somewhere else. So... Then he wants to leave it, and then he wants help with storage and and transportation, and all these factors start coming into play. And what seemed like an easy process has now become a, a task. And so that's where we come in. What we tell people is when we start out, when we consign your car here, tell us the price you'd like to have in your pocket if you sold it yourself. And let us work from that. We'll try it for a period of time at a little bit of a, a higher price because we may find the one buyer who wants it and doesn't want anybody else to get it. And so we'll try it at that price point. And then we can incrementally go down in, in price if we're not getting the activity that you want. So, you know, it's it, we never know what the price of a car is, what somebody's willing to pay and you're willing to sell it for. There is no, it doesn't matter what it says in the price, guys, and it doesn't matter what another one is sold for on TV or Internet or, or auction or anything else that you've seen. What matters is, is what you're willing to sell it for and what the best offer you can get for it. Um, and so, so pricing is, is, a tricky, uh, is a tricky way to do business because you're not dealing with brand-new cars and there's a set price on them. All cars are different. And just because one sold at an auction for 50000 doesn't have any bearing on what your car may or may not be worth um, because you don't know the level of what somebody did on the restoration, how original it is, that kind of thing. So what we started thinking about is that how do you – determine you know what it what the cost benefit of of marketing your vehicle through classic automobile bringing your car here letting letting us sell it for you so we're on 65 websites all over the world we run on ebay almost on a constant loop which is more for marketing than actually selling in the auction format on ebay we'll talk more about that someday but uh so what we decided to figure out and we'd never really thought about this in the almost four years we've been doing this is that what would it cost for you to do this on your own what would it costs for you to go out and market your car 
on all the websites we do, the way we present it with the professional photography and the professional description and all that. And it was pretty. It was pretty staggering. I mean, a professional photo shoot's going to cost you about three hundred bucks. Uh, somebody to come out and inspect the car, like we do, putting it up on a lift and going through all the numbers and everything, and looking at the undercarriage and and the condition and all that, is probably another three hundred dollars. Uh, a professional copywriter, somebody to write the description in an intriguing and compelling way that makes people want to buy your car, uh, be a you know a couple of hundred bucks. Climate controlled storage. We do a ninety day agreement here uh, with with our consignment program. So what's that cost you a month? One hundred and fifty bucks a month. So there's another four hundred and fifty dollars. Um, then all the third party sites, the other sixty four websites that we're on. You know, we figured that conservatively, what you would spend to market in the way that we market your vehicle is almost close to five thousand dollars. And no guarantee that you're going to sell it. So it's 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 great that you know you could do all those things, but that doesn't mean that you're going to sell it just because you've done all these things that I've said. Because we have cars that, for whatever reason, we you know we don't. There's not a market for. Maybe it's a, such an obscure or rare car that not a lot of people are are looking for that particular type of car. And so, you know, how do you how do you overcome that? And how do you avoid spending five thousand dollars to market your own car with a no guarantee of success. And the answer is classic automall. Here we are with our big eight acre building um, that's climate control, security monitored, cameras everywhere. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very, very well maintained here in our facility. And it exposes it to thousands, if not, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that will see the car either online or here at our facility. And we have no admission charge for people to come in to see the cars. So it's not like we're charging people to come to the used car lot. We're, we're actually, you know, open to everyone to come through. And, and, you know, we only ask a few things that you do. And when you do come here, don't touch the cars and don't stand on the cars. Don't plop your kids on the hood of the car to take a picture because it looks cute. Don't let the kids get in the go-kart that you see around the corner because these are, these are treasures and, and you, they have to be uh, well taken care of. And, and we are happy to show you a car and happy to give you all the details on a car. But, you know, we want you to be respectful of, of that there are other people's property in our care and custody. And we want to make sure that when you when you come here that you, you respect that. But otherwise, come one, come all. And uh, we hope that uh, you'll come and see the car of your dreams and make arrangements with one of our car specialists and make arrangements with our transportation manager and take it home. So in addition, what we talked about. Uh, what we have here is my partner's barn find collection. Over 400 vehicles. Uh, the oldest was, is a 1904 Cadillac, a one cylinder, which means it's fast <laughs> or not. Um, a one cylinder engine in this Cadillac, a 1904 Cadillac. And most of these barn finds, uh, a large majority of them, he bought on eBay just in his spare time at night. He'd be sitting on the couch and he'd get on his computer and he'd start buying cars on ebay and you buy obscure cars that were in uh, altogether condition but not maybe running or driving or needed tires or needed a top or needed something so and i asked him one time i said 
you know, you bought all these cars on eBay and, you know, you sometimes, you know, buying long distance can have its pitfalls. And I said, did you ever get burned on a car? And he said, when you're buying barn funds, it's really a non-issue because I'm not trying to buy the best in the world. I'm buying one that's already got some rust on it and patina and worn leather and the top may be no good. So what? It has an extra scratch on it. I mean, it's, you know, it's a non-issue. And so I never really thought about it that way. So yeah, I never had any trouble at all. Bought these 400 cars over about 15 or 20 years but put them in this building and here we were we started a business based around these barn finds being here and then we uh we we took it to the next level with uh, consignments and uh it's been really amazing uh, just tickled to death the way that it's worked out and uh he and i are uh, my partner and i are very simpatico we're on the same page and and what we do and so you know it's made a a, a wonderful uh, working relationship and uh so we hope to continue on and four more years from now still be sitting here also uh i'd be remiss in telling not telling you that the dragon wagons car show is here today i'd forgotten about that i didn't mention that last week to the one listener that was listening so um but from 10 a.m to 2 p.m today dragon wagons uh, car club which is a local uh car club here in the southeast pennsylvania area they were originally formed in 1957 uh it's a non-profit family-oriented oriented uh organization uh just promoting fellowship and shared interest of cars i think the vehicle entry fee to be judged and and in the show is 15 dollars. so if you've got your your cool old car out today and you're looking for something to do just head down the turnpike to exit 298 here in morgantown and uh, get off and pull in and pay your 15 dollars and park on your spot and drag out your folding chair and uh you know sit here and talk to other car enthusiasts and uh and, and enjoy the beautiful sunshiny day which was uh looks like 70 degrees out there today and uh, no wind and just a perfect day for a for a car show so um if you get a chance uh, uh come see us uh uh here today or anytime we're here monday through friday nine to five uh wednesdays we're open till 8 p.m and then saturdays nine to noon and closed on sundays and uh and when we return we're going to have my dear friend, Phil Tegmeyer, on today. Phil has been in the southeast Pennsylvania area for a number of years, and that's being uh, polite and conservative. He's a, a wonderful car enthusiast, and we're going to have some fun talking about some of the history of what he's done around here and uh, uh, what the future holds for the classic car and collector car world. We'll see you on the other side. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast, live from the Classic Auto Mall studio here in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. And we have our second guest of uh, of our entire history of this show with Mr. Phil Tegmeyer, who's the original chief judge at the Radnor Hunt Concourse. Have you ever never been to the Radnor Hunt Concourse to Elegance? It's an amazing show. Uh, been going on for twenty plus years. 
Uh, Phil has also been a national judge with the Ferrari Club of America and just an all-around car guy who's been doing this for longer than he's going to probably admit. Uh, but uh, here he is with us live in the studio. Good morning, Phil. How are you? Good morning. I uh, I always thought that I'd love to have you on as a guest because of you've just done some really fun things in the car world. And you started out... We won't have to say what year exactly. <laughs> That's because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'd... That was born or used cars. <laughs> That's like uh, they say at the nursing home. If you don't, you know, hey, do you know who I am, ma'am? No, I don't know who you are. But if you go down to the desk, they'll tell you who you are, right? So you started out in this part of the world in the 60s? Well... Uh, it would be really hard to uh, define a starting point, and uh, if I did, if I tried, I would bore you and your uh, two listeners. Mark. <laughs> uh, but it's probably nineteen sixty. Well, we'll leave it at nineteen sixty with a fill in the blank on the last number. Yeah. yeah. So, so what? What was your first job in the car? And did you always know you wanted to be in the car business? And then, what was your first job in the car business? Well, first off, I never knew I wanted to be in the car business. <laughs> Second off, I've never retired from the car business. Right. People say, "Well, when did you retire?" Uh, I just tell them, "I." I was born a professional used car salesman. Yeah. And I love selling used cars. But the used cars that you used to sell in the day are probably not quite classified as used cars. Maybe more blue chip collectibles and uh, so well, you you get into an area there that really starts to define the automobile market as it is today. Uh, I I've sold cars for Millions of dollars, and they've sold cars for hundreds of dollars. Right. Uh, I think I've enjoyed the ones for hundreds of dollars more than the ones for millions of dollars because you you have to look at the people that you interact with and how the transaction goes. I listened to uh, part of your earlier commentary. The the world of selling automobiles has changed incredibly in the last 50 years. Sure. Uh, today, it is a it's a legal transaction with strings attached and pitfalls all over. Sure, sure. So, I've enjoyed. I probably enjoyed the automobile business more than most people that will ever be in the automobile business. Probably the my greatest connection with it is the world of Ferrari. Sure. Uh, and uh, the people that you meet, the things that you observe, which is probably the biggest part of selling sure. a used car that you ever run into. Uh, and where and how it happens. Probably the uh, singular most defining thing uh, was I was looking at a car for a guy named Steve McQueen. (laughs) We might have heard of him, right? And 
I, I never got to meet him. Right. We spent some time on the phone. One day I had a car that I thought would fit. And I called his office and his secretary, Betsy, said, Oh, Phil, Steve was hoping you'd call. And I thought, wow, what a common denominator. <laughs> it's all about cars. Right. There's, if, if I get started talking about what I have seen happen in the automobile business over 50 years, you better stretch. <laughs> I understand. But, but a car, the cars are a common denominator. I mean, you know this as well as I do, that when you're at a car show or a car event or a concours or whatever, you're standing next to a guy whose net worth could be in the stratosphere. And you could be the lowest man on the totem pole, yet you have a common bond of these old cars. Well, that that kind of sums up the way I feel about the uh, the world of automobiles. Not necessarily the buying and the selling, but the the draw that you have uh, with an automobile. Maybe you take it all the way back to some day when. You rode your bicycle down the street to get a bottle of Coke. And uh, while you're at the gas station, some guy drives up in his brand new XK120. Oh, oh, oh. And you say, well, what's that? Right. It's, it's not like our Hudson. <laughs> what is it? And the guy that owns your car says, Hey, kid, you, you like my car? Hop in. I'll take you for a ride around the block. Sold, 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 sold. I mean, you know, we all had the cool kid in the neighborhood, and, and your era and my era. So our cool kid in the neighborhood had a 70 Olds 442 triple black cutlass convertible. You know, I mean, just the epitome of cool. Had the prettiest girl in town, had the cool car. You could tell the rumble of it coming down the street. So that is the thing that probably got me as excited about cars. Maybe girls and cars were the combination. I'm not quite sure of that. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I I think that you're on thin ice. <laughs> yeah, my wife think, is somewhere here in the building. So <laughs> uh, I've never been able to to merge the the two issues: women and cars. I think that's a tough one, and we have to women, just leave that alone, right? <laughs> yeah, women and Lamborghinis, <laughs> women and Plymouth Valiants. Sure, they're the same. It's just the one in the Plymouth Valiant has to get to the grocery store right <laughs> you know i saw a ferrari down in south florida and the the vanity license plate said no wife <laughs> now that guy's bold didn't he so but, yeah but that would suggest he was never married because if he had been and he no longer had a wife he would know he would have the ferrari she would have the ferrari and sell it for a dollar online like we used to see or hear the story so Back to you and your career. You started out at the Durham Coach Company, I understand. Is that correct? Is that Actually, that was uh, probably the second phase of oh. my life. Oh. I, I, I'll give you a real quick synopsis, yeah. which I will try not to bore your audience. I worked in an office. I was uh, running a, a machine that stuffed credit card bills 
in envelopes and I ran the machine and one day the machine exploded and about $200,000 worth of credit card statements went all over the room and uh, I suddenly found myself without a job. <laughs> I can't imagine why. But I had car payments. Yeah. You know, I was making payments on my 58 Volkswagen, which was great automobile. Right. So I went out and I looked for a job and I said, what do I want to do? And I looked in the paper and there was an ad for a sports car mechanic trainee and it was a uh, some agency that wanted to place me and they were only going to charge me you know, thousand bucks for doing it so i said well i i don't have a thousand bucks so i went out and i looked geographically i found the place suddenly i was a mechanic trainee and uh, doing brake jobs on people's cars i would go home at night and i would pray so they moved me to the sales department so i wouldn't hurt anybody <laughs> you forget to tighten a bolt or and something that the was a volkswagen dealer one right. day about four or five years after that i met a man who uh, somehow i managed to impress and he owned among other things a volkswagen agency and he said i'd like you to come talk to me i you know, maybe you'd like to go to work for me i said i i've had i'm, I'm full of volkswagen he said well i don't sell volkswagens and he said well i said well what do you sell he said lancia and <laughs> maserati and ferrari and i said well, yeah but i want to stay in the car business <laughs> not the pasta business so it like. he owned a company called the durham body company he owned a company called algar enterprises and it's been uphill or downhill from there <laughs> Since. 40 50 years later uh, still love the cars still love the people did, did the Durham Coach Company, was that the company that used to build custom bodies back in the day? They were hugely responsible for uh, custom cars, late 30s, into the 40s, a few in the 50s. Right. Uh, and the, their cars are very – when you see one, you know it's a Durham you coach car. You know it car. is, yeah. Well, and that's the kind of stuff you see at Radnor and Amelia Island and, and, and facilities like that that have these events that bring out these cars like this that are just they're, – they're, they're works of art. I mean, they really are just amazing uh, uh, bodies. And you, When you get into the world of coach-built cars, classic cars, it is – I, I personally do not think of it as the world of automobiles anymore. You're right when you refer to it as art. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, didn't the, the manufacturers like Duesenberg and Packard and those guys back in the day, they just made the chassis and the and the mechanicals, right? And then the body would always be made by Durham or Bruin or... the uh, Most of the bodies on the uh, significant cars of a time period... Uh, were were as as you would call it coach built cars okay. some of them were uh, coach built almost like Fords and Chevys but they were still coach built sure more of an assembly line yeah and then the automobile business uh, Things changed and needs changed and fewer people wanted custom cars. And I, I think the demise of Durham Body Company was that Durham Body Company was a company that built on reputation 
they they built cars for a a part of the population who kind of went away after the Second World War. And sure. then it became a matter of need, and need is production and volume, not uh, individual classic. Uh, so, like everything else, the world of automobiles changed. Yeah, well, not many cars in our building does anybody need. And that's okay. You know, we know that we're selling something that's, uh, you know, more of a toy or a hobby or a uh, uh, introduction into the world of this. And so... We get that. So um, nobody needs to get, you know, a 69 Camaro to get their kids to school on Monday morning. What they need is a minivan to do that. The 69 Camaro is to have fun with. And uh, and so we'll, we'll uh, you know, when we talk to people, you have to be conscious of that. You, you can't be, a, you can't sell ice to an Eskimo in this business. Because if you try to oversell them, you'll push them away. And you have to, to guide somebody into the car that they want or, or, or they're looking for. And that fits them. Well, it's it's interesting uh, to those of you that are listening and paying attention. I, Stuart is a guy that you have to meet before you can even start to understand what it, what's going on here. Because I don't think Stuart has sold a car in the last five years, but a lot of people have bought cars from him. And they they don't know that they bought a car. They think somebody sold them a car. Uh, he he has the ability to to connect people with what they want, and that is probably the most significant part of selling anything. Find out what your potential customer wants. Yep. It's very gratifying to be in this business. So when we return, we'll continue our discussion with uh, Phil here in the studio, and we'll talk about some other things, Ferrari, and maybe we might even bring up a gentleman by the name of Kirk White who might have some – Phil might have a little insight into uh, who's been in the classic car hobby for uh, a number of years. So we will see you after the break. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Hello, Atlanta. Have you heard? Get your motor running, whether you're born to be wild or not. Because on October the 2nd from 10 till 2 at Roswell City Hall, we're hosting a car show unlike anything Roswell has seen, benefiting St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and free to the public. Guests will enjoy an array of exquisite, rarely seen cars, boats, bikes, plus vendors with both automotive and art themes, along with local brewery from the earth hosting a beer garden offering a lunch menu, coffee barista, snow cones, photo booth, and face painting. Fun for all the family. Register your motor anytime up to the day of the event at atlmotoringfest.org. And for more information, call us, 770-645-6844. We look forward to seeing you Saturday, October the 2nd, in the perfect isolated space around Roswell City Hall. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You met a guy at some point in time named Kirk White. I guess there's a lot of interesting stories that go along with that uh, introduction. Yeah, I... Kirk is a an enigma, uh, or Kirk was an enigma. He uh, he chose to leave us a year, year and a half ago. Uh, the the things that happen within our business, Kirk White Motor Cars, um, are are legendary. I I hear about them from people who don't even know that I was involved, f- fortunately. Uh, <laughs> In the statute of limitations over, though, so you're okay. <laughs> I, I, I've read Kirk's book, uh, Don't Wash Mine. You know, without, without endorsing it, I would tell you <laughs> it is definitely worth reading. Uh, but it, when I read it, I I think that I'm sitting there with Kirk. Right. And I say to myself, or sometimes I may even be talking to Kirk and not knowing, Kirk, is that really what happened? <laughs> or is that what you would like to think happened? I like that. I like that philosophy to kind of mold your own history, right? Uh, it, it's probably more common in books that are written by people about their lives to to tell you what they wanted to have happen and and kind of mold that around what really did happen sure but, but i can tell you that it was probably the most exciting part of my time in the automobile world uh, between Racing a car at Le Mans with uh, Roger Penske and, and a guy named Mark Donahue, wow. who uh, should never be forgotten. Uh, in the auctions, I, I, I look at what Stewart has done here, and I think back to the first auction that we had, the Kirkwhite Motor Cars auction. It was held in a church parking lot in Radnor, Pennsylvania. Not far from here? No, no. And it was a combination of social event and automobile show and automobile auction. Uh, Things that happened there were incredible. They were uh, formative to what happened in the automobile auction world. I'm trying to remember the date or the, I think the first auction was 1969. Well, I have it on authority that the second one was April of 72. Well, then I'm only off by two years. (laughs) So let me just tell you quickly about the second auction because the whole first row of seats was filled by one family who went into the auction business, commercialized it, made a lot of money. Some of them went away for a federal vacation. Uh, <laughs> Would that name start with a K? That last name? Would that be a... I, you know, I, Stuart, I don't remember. It was, a, it was one of the bigger auction companies out there. I've, heard, I, of, I've heard of them. And I, I, I looked at them and I said, 
you guys are used car salesmen. Right. <laughs> you guys fit the profile that people think of as used car salesmen. Right. We, we see that a lot in this business. You know, it's, it's unfortunate. But, you know, the interesting thing in reading Don't Wash Mine, Kirk's book, which is it's about as – it weighs – I think it weighs the same as the equal amount of mercury. It's the heaviest book I've ever read. It it requires a, a, a workout just to turn the pages. It's so big. And it's amazing amount of words. I mean, I, I don't say that as, you know, an uneducated hillbilly from East Tennessee, but it's a lot of daggum words. <laughs> it's, it, it's the way – Kirk presented things. Right. It was the way he sold things. You know, that's funny that you mentioned that because I only visited with him once on the phone about two and a half years ago. And in reading his book and looking at the way that he wrote that newsletter that he used to put out every week or every month and, and all that, there's a lot of similarity to what we do here. I think he and I would have been simpatico in a lot of ways with regards to the, the business and the presentation and that kind of thing. Well, there's the, the two differences, I think, between what Kirk and I did and what what's happening here at the Classic Auto Mall is that we needed to sell cars to survive. Right. Uh, the Classic Auto Mall, uh, it, it is it is a place where you go that if you're if you're my age or within thirty years of my age it it, it is evocative. You right. cannot come through this place and say, "Well, I wrote on the back shelf of one of those fifty years ago, sure. sixty years, seventy years ago." Uh, the difficulty in coming into the classic automobile mall is. If you want to buy something, if you're looking for something, you will become so distracted. <laughs> you don't know whether you – now you think, I want that Rambler station wagon. I thought I wanted a, a 442 Olds, but <laughs> that 51 Chevy is incredible. And suddenly, it, it, it is – if you don't have a salesman holding your hand, and they won't do that for you here, by the way, <laughs> you you won't you, you get lost in your dreams and you forget what you want. You know that we see that happen all the time here. I have an interesting thing that I printed out. Rick Carey, a friend of mine, does auction analysis uh, about current classic car auctions, but he got a hold of the results from the 1971 Kirk White Collector Car Auction, and there's some interesting numbers in here. Um, lot number uh, 22 was a 1952 Aller J2X Cadillac Roadster, hammered sold at $3,500. That's 3500 not 35000 or, th- you know, $3,500 for that car. Wow. I mean, we, we were getting extraordinarily high prices in those days. Yeah. yeah. Gullwing Mercedes for what? Eight, 10 grand? Uh, or less. Or less. I know that, that probably the, one of the most valuable cars you all ever sold or, or maybe had your hands in was a Ferrari GTO. And it sold for record money back then, right? Uh, our, our GTO stories are legendary right and some of them live in our minds not in reality <laughs> uh, i if if you would like i will digress on the acquisition of one of our first gtos uh, kirk and i were in horseheads new york 
following up a rumor, and they opened a garage door, and there it was. It was a uh, uh, man had two Ferraris. One was a 250 GTO. We looked at it, said, well, we're probably going to pass because he wanted $6,000. Oh, my goodness. But he, he sold us on the idea of staying or we talked him into selling us on the idea of staying. A little while later, we bought the car. And Kirk said to me, well, it was kind of snowing right. a little bit. <laughs> Kirk said to me, well, you, you drive it back to Philadelphia. And I, I looked at this car and said, I'm like, you know what, I am not going to drive this car anywhere. I don't think it would run in 10 years. Sure. Uh, so... We told the guy, no, we're not going to take the car. Uh, And he said, well, how much would it cost the truck back to Philadelphia? I said, $500, And he said, well, I'll pay the trucking. So I I always looked at it as a car that we bought for about $5,500. Shortly after that, the mechanic that uh, did all our work, who had his own shop, who has become uh, one of Philadelphia's premier guys. He is the founder of the Radnor Hunt Show, mm-hmm. a guy named Mike Tilson. Great guy in the hobby, yeah. Mike had the pleasure of broadsiding something on Lancaster Avenue and <laughs> Winwood while he was driving the GTO. So oh. The GTO spent the next year living in a container while we tried to figure out how to fix it. When we come back, we'll talk about that and some more things that uh, are classic car and collector car related, uh, and we'll see you after the break. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hello, Atlanta. Have you heard? Get your motor running, whether you're born to be wild or not, because on October the 2nd from 10 till 2 at Roswell City Hall, We're hosting a car show unlike anything Roswell has seen, benefiting St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and free to the public. Guests will enjoy an array of exquisite, rarely seen cars, boats, bikes, plus vendors with both automotive and art themes, along with local brewery from the earth hosting a beer garden, offering a lunch menu, coffee barista, snow cones, photo booth and face painting. Fun for all the family. Register your motor anytime up to the day of the event at atlmotoringfest.org. And for more information, call us, 770-645-6844. We look forward to seeing you Saturday, October the 2nd in the perfect isolated space around Roswell City Hall. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the final segment of the Classic Auto Mall podcast, live from the Classic Auto Mall studio at Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania, where we've got the Dragon Wagons car show going on outside. Hundreds of people have come through the door here. They wave at us. They're not sure who they're waving at. They must think I'm somebody important or feel somebody important or somebody's important here. And anyway, prior to all this, we were talking to Phil about the Ferrari GTO and and the purchase price with the less the shipping was $5,500. Arguably today, that car would be worth what? A lot of the numbers on those cars are unknown because they change hands between private parties, uh, and some private parties prefer to keep their business private. Uh, (laughs) The highest number that I have ever been able to document may actually have been for the car that we sold for $5,500, and that was, or, or, actually, we paid $5,500. Hopefully, you sold it for more. Yeah, I'm not going to disclose <laughs> the sale price because I'm not sure who's listening. Uh, but that Either car, I, that car probably sold for $70 million sometime in the last 24 months probably 12 months and maybe even a little less and i've met the new owner uh and i have seen circumstances involved with his acquiring that car and some of the bits and pieces that may still reside in the delaware valley and what he's willing to pay to, to, get, to those. get those bits yeah. and pieces. Because bits and pieces are important. Bits and pieces are probably the most important part of the the Ferrari world, sure. classic car world. Um, we we were talking a little earlier about Kirk White and his involvement in the world. And there there's one story, and I think it may be in his book, about his going to Florida with a briefcase full of um, maybe $750,000 in cash to secure a car. And when he looked at the car and the bits and pieces didn't start to line up, he knew that he was not where he wanted to be with $750,000. Fortunately, he managed to uh, escape Get home with the money. Right? Yeah, get home with the money. It was a different world. Uh, yeah, the good old days. Open titles, uh, you know, nobody ever – there would be 12 owners from the guy on the front of the title to the finally the person who, who was on the back of the title. Can't do that today. <laughs> no, you can't. And one of the interesting characters in this business uh, with Kirk and, and Phil was Tiny Gould, Gould uh, whose son Donnie now works at RM Auctions. Uh, and Tiny was a – he was one of the pioneers of all this, wasn't he? Uh, Tiny, Tiny was a force to be reckoned with. He, uh, you know, if, if I if I tried to paint a picture of Tiny, it would be of a diminutive banker from 1929 that knocked on your door to say, "Yeah, I'm really sorry." Uh, but we're taking your house away. Right. You know. But we'll see you for dinner tomorrow. <laughs> but he was a great guy, very personable, loved to deal with him. He was, he was so upfront and honest. Uh, 
or maybe he wasn't and he just was <laughs> able to paint that picture but he owned many cars uh, Kirk and I sold quite a few cars for him and he 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 directed the the classic car world he he really focused people on those cars and how the importance of them and all that and you mentioned something that that really struck a nerve larry light uh, 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 one of our original car specialists who's no longer with us unfortunately uh, had that same ability to talk to people and 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 especially long people in california or long distance to to talk to them and where they felt comfortable to send us fifty thousand dollars sight unseen of a car for a car Stuart, you, you, it is almost unimaginable the things that, that happened and how they happened. Uh, and Larry, Larry was a friend of mine long before he came here. Right. I knew Larry and his brother Ron. Uh, unusual guys I was glad to see Larry here. He did great. Uh, he was great here. And and as you may detect, Larry is no longer with us, not only here, but anywhere. Sure. Uh, and we miss him. He was uh, he was a great asset and helped build this business. And his brother Ron and I are dear friends, and we, we talk as frequently as you can. You know how hard it is when you start scrolling through your phone and think, well, I need to call that person and that person and that person. But I only have 11 minutes to do anything. One of the cars that we haven't talked about that – Kirk White was very favorable on in his book was the 375 MM Ferrari that he said was one of the fastest cars he ever drove. Did, did was that one that passed through your hands and your feet and all those? It, it did. It <laughs> did. Uh, I'm not sure which 375 MM it might have been. Uh, my recollection was that uh, we had a few cars and. But probably the, the most powerful of the Ferraris that, that I've ever driven is like a 340 millimillion. Right. Uh, cars on a short wheelbase, it's got this huge engine that delivers modest, in today's terms, horsepower. And when you dumped the clutch on that car, it felt like it wanted to go straight up in the air. Sure. Uh, you did not approach a right-hand turn or a left-hand turn and then nail the throttle because you would now be going the other direction. <laughs> Just a, an amazing car. They represented a, an amazing period of time in the automotive world. And certainly in my world. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, you know, the horsepower comparison is funny. You should mention that. I, I always talk about when, when I was growing up, the, the most horsepower a car had was 220 horsepower on a Corvette or a Trans Am or something. And and nowadays, you know, 220 horsepower is in your Volkswagen Beetle 1.8 liter turbo diesel. You know, I mean, wow. Now, seven, 800, 900 horsepower cars. Uh, Lee Cross, a friend of ours, just got, or didn't just get, last year got his new Ford GT, and he asked me to drive it and we took it up 10 and felt like it had unlimited power like you could just it, the further you pushed it the faster it would go i mean that sounds rudimentary but it was true and i know the cars felt like that back in the day especially after getting out of whatever else you were driving to what did you drive to work then a, a, still a beetle or <laughs> you're my my favorite commuter from my home in villanova to our uh, offices in overbrook for 
quite a while, and for me, quite a while could be anywhere from 10 minutes to <laughs> 10 months, but I drove a 212 Ferrari Roadster. Darn. Uh, and to, that was... That was just an incredible car. It gave you all the sensory input that you could ever hope for from an automobile. Wow. Now, did you have the pleasure of meeting Mr. Canetti uh, from New York, uh, who started the importer Uh, for Ferrari? Luigi uh, Canetti Luigi and his son, uh, Lou Canetti, often referred to as Coco. I think that right. was his family name. I, I retain, a, a, I, I've met them both. Uh, Luigi was an assessment guy. He looked at you and said to himself, how much money can I make by meeting this guy? And immediately, he either or you were either in or you were out. Right. Uh, I spent more of my time being out because it was me that was trying to make the money. Dealing, Not him, yeah. Dealing with a guy that knew how to extract every penny. <laughs> well, he, he, he was the importer for Ferrari, and then he started NART, the North American Racing Team. And, uh, and you know, certainly instrumental in making Ferraris popular in the U.S., and probably Probably an asset to your all's business, even if it was indirect, right? I, I, w- without Luigi Canetti, there w- probably would be very few Ferraris in this country. Right, right. Well, and uh, unfortunately, you know, we've uh, we've exhausted our time here today because I wanted to talk about about a million other things. So maybe we'll have to do this again. And because uh, we left out, we only briefly touched on Roger Penske and some other things like that that we could talk about the next time uh, we are here. And uh, and don't forget, like I said, that the. Uh, um, Dragon Wagons Car Show is here today till 2 p.m., which gives you another four hours to come out and see it. I don't see any Ferraris out there. Uh, I see a minivan. I don't know why I see a minivan. But um, also upcoming shows here at Classic Auto Mall. Uh, the Vincent Motorcycle Owners Club is here uh, starting uh, Sunday, uh, day after or tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, tomorrow through Wednesday. Uh, the Chariots of Fire Fall Car Show is here October the 16th, and the Lincoln and Continental uh, Owners Club is here October. 20th through the 24th that's a national meet phil it was certainly a pleasure always a pleasure to see you certainly a pleasure to have you as my second guest on our second show on uh, the classic automobile podcast and when we're all rich and famous we'll look back on this day and say weren't we so impressive when we did this <laughs> that we will <laughs> thanks again everybody for listening and i uh, hope you'll uh, tune in again next week uh actually we'll probably have a recorded show next week because i think we're going to be out of town but uh, we'll see you soon uh at 9 a.m on a saturday and uh, thanks again for listening if you have any questions you can reach us at podcast at classicautomall.com take care We appreciate you listening to our show. And don't forget, when you're in Southeast Pennsylvania, come visit us in person. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays, we're open from 9 a.m. to noon, and we're closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.